1: Welcome to Pussy Power. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pussy Power. Uh, as you probably already know, if I have this smile on my face, it means we have a special guest, which I'm so excited to always like talk to awesome people. Today we have Dave Ngaw who is a first-generation Chinese-Vietnamese immigrant and entrepreneur. His first career was actually in tech, but he soon realized it wasn't for him. And after his younger sister passed uh, after a really sad suicide um, letter, he has decided to take his path in his own hands and start his own business ventures. And he has now a bartending company that does Fortune 500 events like google and facebook and they do weddings as well and he's also venturing into real estate to create his life by design and live a life with freedom and success on his own terms dave thank you so much for being here
0: hey what's up what's going on here
1: I love it. For the very first thing that kind of like hooked my attention when you and I were both talking wow. was you had this concept of a life by design where you're not you're not just allowing yourself to be like to fit in this one mold that other people have for you. You know, like us Asian wow. kids. What was it that drove you to kind of like, what was the tipping point that drove you to take your path back into your own hands and take accountability for the decisions that you were making in your life?
0: I think the first thing is I, I was just being very stubborn. <laughs> but, but growing, growing up, um, I had a very, very strict upbringing. My parents were all about academia. Academia. Um, so once, so they're immigrant parents here, and they want us to focus on academics, and it was so intense that I I literally do not have a childhood. And what I mean by that is so let's say schools, what, Monday through Friday, and then mm. Saturday is like my, I guess I have Chinese school, and then Sunday I had uh, Boy Scouts and Vietnamese school. So there's no break in, in, in um, education, but I understand from my parents point of view they really want to push you to that try and make you excel but they, they gotta understand that we're kids and we're, we're human beings mm. and we that we don't need that much push we just need some of that break at, at times
1: yeah um,
0: so it, it was very stressful with academics but eventually went to a very good college and then after when I was done with college, I just felt that I was being put pressured too much, being pushed too much. So there's not much
1: play in your childhood. There
0: there wasn't, there wasn't. And- and, Wow. uh, Yeah, yeah, there wasn't. It was a, yeah, I can't think of any time until after college, that's when I start partying.
1: (laughs) Yeah, pretty late uh, to the scene a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I just feel like, like, even after college doing and and finding a high tech job, I, I wasn't appeasing my parents, and that's when I just finally just like, "Hey, you know what? let's I, I don't think this is gonna work." So I just started in a way, it's called rebelling against my family mm. and and that started turning the wheel, so that's where I was at.
1: Wow. so you <clears throat> from what you just said there, it's it sounded to me like all your life you were playing the role that they've always wanted you to play. But somehow it's just never enough.
0: Right, right. And I felt like I would always have to appease them. Even even till till this time, I always feel like I have to please my my parents all the time. And and you know what? This life is ours. We have only one life to live, mm. and and we got to make most of it. And that's 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 a turning point for me. And and I was being brutally honest. I think that's the thing. I was being very brutally honest to myself and to my family and and although it's the honest truth it, it doesn't make them feel happy but at the end I think they start to see that now and how I can be success in, in different ways
1: mm. what was the path that they wanted you to take as you mentioned they were you know immigrant parents who probably didn't have you know the privileges that they gave you and that's why they were super duper anal about it like right. they just wanted you to be successful
0: right you know what it's it's crazy because I i I was going into this trying going as a pre-med major and and that was my path
1: but then for some
0: reason after college it just didn't feel right I just didn't feel my energy and my vibe because didn't connect with that and I I tried you don't know how how hard I tried I'm like you know what but then I guess I just didn't mold in that sense so that's that was my biggest struggle right there and 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 I'm, I'm like yeah go ahead sorry
1: that's interesting because my boyfriend's also, like, a med school dropout, and the moment he dropped out, like, his family support just stopped, like, just completely stopped, and right. just imagine, you know, as a student, you were conditioned to kind of, like, just keep studying, and then one day you're, like, this is not for me. I'm sorry, dad, like, it's, it's this is not working out, and literally, he had, like, his last 200 bucks and that was what powered him through
0: wow what what is he new now
1: he's uh he has he's an entrepreneur just like you just like us you know (laughs) and he's just like fuck this call the fuck this like med school life because he realized that and i'm not sure if it's the same in the in the philippines and in the us probably a little different um but (laughs) here you actually need to study four years of pre-med before you could be a doctor, which Mm -hmm. is another four years of studying. And then you go through like years of internships and then residency. So it's Uh gonna take like literally 12 years before you can start making serious money. And everything before that is a loss. And it was like, uh, this doesn't make sense. Right, it's not
0: crazy when you do this, Do you really, Feel in your heart, like if, if this is your path, uh, you should totally commit to it. But you don't, you know, it's it's. You should probably do something else. Um, I I think yeah. now I, I live in this life where where I try to strive for freedom. I think that's mm. like my my biggest thing, uh, especially as an entrepreneur. So now I feel like that's more of my mold and my fit right now.
1: That's beautiful. How is it how How was it like being in your first career in tech and mm-hmm kind of like the the moments that made you realize this was a different path than the one you wanted to be on
0: you know what uh, it's it's so natural for me to go into high tech because i live in silicon valley so mm. it's literally everywhere and the opportunity is just right there so i had a friend a friend referred me to a position in high tech and then i stayed in there and then i sort of went up the ladder but for some reason going even going to high tech it just didn't didn't vibe with me I just didn't feel connected and, it, and it's so funny because I was working late night in high tech so it was a pretty decent paying job and then my mom was like why are you working late at night that's like another complaint <laughs> I have I'm like Dude, I, I forgot now I'm getting another complaint that's that's that's, that's another reason why I'm like you mm. know what Let's. I'm never gonna make them happy so why don't I mm. just start making myself happy too
1: mm. what was the standards <laughs> that she kind of like had why why was that like a complaint that you got from her was she did she just want you to like clock in at nine and then like clock out at five and then it's family time or whatever
0: you know what that's a very good question i think it has to deal with their mindset and and mm-hmm. their their mindset it, her mindset is always complaining got got complained and that and that's mm-hmm. in her mind i think by complaining is how i would push my kid and oh and that's a, such a negative reinforcement there but I mean, yeah that's bad parenting in that sense um i i I don't think that um now now i'm a lot older and i'm more aware i'm never never going to do that to my kids like always encourage them or or try to find another way for to make them excel on on this world not by complaining and i guess she does that all the time i think that's her way of parenting in some sense Mm.
1: do you have any idea of kind of like the background that they had with their parents or because you guys were like first generation immigrants, you didn't really have, you know, you kind of like lost touch with the extended family.
0: Right. That's a very good question. So uh, yeah. Immigrant parents totally different from a different world, from a different generation. And then for us being here, we were grown up in a different culture, different generation. It's just totally different. And when you talk about extended family, we had a, they're, they're all great they're all great in the extended family They just within their family this they just try to mold us into this thing and the other thing mm-hmm. what they're trying to do is they try to boost up their image I don't know if it happens in the Filipino culture but in the Chinese Vietnamese culture it's all about their image about their yeah
1: is
0: is that is that in, in yeah
1: yeah about
0: your honor bring honor to your family so yeah. my parents were trying to put their facade saying that hey, we're very um, smart and, you know, all these good things and we can make good money, so. Yeah. Like, dude, that's killing me there.
1: That's totally, like, I can totally relate to that. Like, I did something, like, two years ago that my dad literally just cut me off and told me to stop using the family name and, like, remove it from Facebook. And I'm like, God, my birth certificate, what's wrong with you?
0: Interesting. Do you guys have a yeah. distinctive last name?
1: Um in my opinion no but to them it's like a really big deal
0: (laughs) yeah yeah you know what that's 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 so interesting that that he brought that up so did you start did you still like use that last
1: name or you just kind of changed it on your own yeah i was like um you know what it's on my birth certificate you can like get mad all you want but i mean this is my name the book <laughs> it's like it's it's not like i'm like kendall jenner and you know be like Kendall. Right. i'm Kendall. it's like sorry dad it doesn't work that way but it's so like i totally saw that and like when whenever in their perception you make a mistake or you do something that kind of like dishonors their last name, it's kind of like they want to stop being associated with you. They, it, 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 I think they're, it's because of their relationship with shame and anger and all like the, you know, emotions on the negative, like the the lower frequency emotions. And it's really interesting how like, one one thing could spoil your relationship with like the entire clan
0: right right it and it's so funny because in hindsight if you're on the other side you'd be like most people don't give a fuck maybe they kind of do they're just like okay whatever i mean that's what they do yeah is that funny like like we always think so much in our own yeah yeah
1: it's definitely definitely so much ego there did you um, You mentioned to me before that your parents didn't have, like, the same education that you guys got. Do you think that was, like, a factor in why they wanted to, you know, puff up their ego even more? Because they didn't really have what you had?
0: Yeah, I think that's that's a major factor. I mean, yeah, my parents didn't get the opportunity. And then they came from the Vietnam War. So totally understand hmm. that they didn't get that much of the education. But when when they got over here, they actually had had opportunities, actually. They came over here roughly in their late 20s. They're still pretty young at that time, but I guess just their mindset, I think it's, yeah, their education, but I I also think it's mainly their mindset. If they were more of a growth thinking mindset and how they can implement in this new world that they're in, that would be great. But by me telling, by me just saying this, it's like so easy than doing. Because it is a culture shock. I mean, my yeah. dad told me when he, when he came over to the U.S., he came with a small luggage with only a $100 bill. I mean, that's wow. great. That's crazy. So, um, wow. I, So I mean, I, I already give them a, a big award for them for, for being parents yeah. and trying to raise us to be pretty good human beings here
1: coming from the vietnam war you know like survival is like such a win for them already that's like that they're alive they're not buried six feet under and you know they're there to facilitate you guys growing up
0: yeah yeah most definitely it's so funny because they got picked up by a japanese boat which is extremely rare you never heard anybody getting picked up by a japanese boat during the vietnam war so and then they came over here so yeah you're right you came up you came up with a good term it's survival and the thing is they always have that survival mindset mm-hmm. and I think that's been their theme of their life through their entire life uh, as as we live here in this world
1: wow it's kind of like the war is over but they brought and and they 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 escaped from the war physically but yeah. the psychology that they got from you know being in Vietnam during the war, they still kind of take with them um, to the U.S., even though there is, like, it's so full of opportunity.
0: Yeah, it, and, and it is. So if, I don't know what happens in the Philippines, but in the U.S., a lot of Asian people, they have this hoarding issues. Oh, yeah. Hoarding. Okay, that happens. <laughs> yeah. They, they, they hoard so much, and I think <laughs> that's, that's, that's because they have a scarcity mindset, and they try to survive. They're like, oh, my God, one day I'm going to lose all the stuff I have. Yeah, we live in a capitalist society. We can easily hoard a lot of things in a matter of like a click.
1: Oh my God, it's it's so funny you say that because I have this friend who is like an entrepreneur, um, doing really well for himself. But then his parents, like his dad, is hilarious because, literally, you know, um, disposable paper plates, right? He would literally collect every single paper plate that he'd get like at a party and say oh you you should never throw these and and literally they have like a collection of paper plates and disposable spoon and fork at their home (laughs) so funny
0: i I think all stems from their childhood i mean is that Mm. crazy so like i mean we're, we're getting older and then we may become parents in the future what things do you think that that you're gonna have certain habits that your kids are gonna make fun of you
1: Oh my God, that's a really good question. Like, It's so funny because I I know that I'm going to live and I'm going to give a much better life to my kids than, you know, the one that I've grown up with because I came from a broken family and, you know, my mom was kind of like the only parent that we had until my dad kind of like picked up slack again when he built himself. Um, And being like being like having gone through that already i think one of the biggest things that i would still want to have you know to to pass to my kids is adversity quotient because people who've gone through like a lot of adversity Mm -hmm. they just have a better you know a better chance of like making it in life of you know not being entitled of knowing you know what things are worth and not to keep wasting stuff. And th- this th- this particular thing that I told like my my ex and now my my current boyfriend, I'm like, I have kids, I'm just gonna give them a dollar a day. A dollar a day.
0: That's that's very good. That's very good. Um in, and you're talking about dollar day as teenagers or, or when they come to adults or or moving
1: i think um, as no. as as a kid cuz it's not mm-hmm. cuz i'm an, as, like you're an entrepreneur i'm an entrepreneur and right. it's it's not like we can force our kids you know to be entrepreneurs like ourselves mm-hmm. but it's so important in my opinion for them to at least be entrepreneurial that at least even if that's not the path they take they know that you know if they can't pay for rent next month then they have this kind of like backup plan that they can resort to you know like sell stuff and like because if, if you give someone a dollar a day a dollar a day it's like mommy like i i want like a pokemon card or something I'm like yep we gotta make that happen i didn't make that happen with the dollar a day they they learn things and that's totally what happened to me you know like i used to like have so much resentment for my dad because he would give like all these people like really nice gifts like really expensive wine and now as an entrepreneur i understand it's because he was building connection right with his associates to mm-hmm. get more business but as a kid i never really truly like understood that and so i had so much resentment because i'm like why have i given two dollars like as an allowance? <laughs> and they're getting expensive wine i don't get it <laughs> How about you? How about you? What's yours?
0: Yeah, no, I think that dollar that was that's such a simple task, but it it's so much impactful in people's lives. Uh, I think I think for me is it's probably something similar with that. Uh, I my personal philosophy is I don't want um, to work for money. I want money to work for me. Mm. I think that's been my biggest thing right there. Mm. And and as an entrepreneur, I think that's with all of us. So I think with people who are listening, I think that most of us are employees, which is great. Yeah. And, and the thing is what entrepreneurs do is they try to try to make or build something that they can create more jobs for other people and also to inspire other people and, and lead other people as well. So I think it it comes with a lot of things trying try to and and I'm just saying this because I haven't thought as deeply as you teaching a kid on this, but try to teach them be good leaders and mm. and also try to try to have them think outside the box. I think that's probably the two major things. And 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 maybe in the preteen or so, maybe not work, but maybe try to sell a product. I don't know. Maybe sell a jar of candy or something like that. And think of something creative and and kind of um, run with the brain juices.
1: Yeah.
0: Stuff, yeah.
1: Totally. I love that you mentioned thinking outside the box because that is definitely going to come handy, you know? It's like, yeah, I used to feel, like, resentment for my dad because I was just given $2 a day, like, the fuck? (laughs) Like, I didn't even know how I survived with 2 bucks a day, you know? (laughs) Like, I was the stingiest mofo out there. Like, it it was so funny because at school, I remember... We would have our treasurer like collect stuff, like funds for class funds, and it would be like a dollar. And that's like half my allowance a day. And I was just like, what are you going to do with my dollar?
0: That's very good. That's very good. Do you still get the allowance by chance? I'm I'm curious. Not anymore. Not anymore. Okay. Not
1: anymore. I dropped out of college, and it's definitely been like one of the biggest, you know, biggest, best things I've done for myself.
0: So, but did your parents have that reaction? They're like, what the fuck did you do? Oh yeah,
1: totally. Like, I remember my mom was incredibly like devastated because, you know, um, if you guys immigrated to the US, what she did was as a solo parent that we, you know, our only parent that we were talking to, because um, my when my mom and my dad separated we kind of gotten strange from my dad um, she went to um, work abroad so she could earn higher and send money to her three kids and when you know when she did that that was like I just experienced everything you know like budgeting like sometimes I would hear that there's only like two bucks left in the atm and like that's what i kind of like grew up with Uh so if if it's for you guys it was immigration for me it was um growing up without my mom so she could like um give us a great future and then i dropped out and that was like super heartbreaking for her but then i remedied that i remedied that a year after i dropped out
0: good I mean I and 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 I, I heard you just made like a whole bunch Buku money, dinero and stuff, right? After that. Like your business blasted off like crazy. I guess just yeah. during the pandemic
1: or stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. How about like mm-hmm. for you? What was it like growing up with immigrant parents, like who went to the u.s as refugees from the vietnam war what did what do you like remember about your childhood that stands out for you
0: they they were i i guess kind of similar to yours it's kind of funny how how um as immigrant parents or not uh, we grew up and they're just being they're being very uh they save a lot of money we didn't make that much mm. we're very poor and um we went through Um, And and we grew up pretty poor as well. So we we learned how to like save money. So sometimes I wanted like, let's say if I have $5, kind of similar situation, that's why I was kind of smiling at you. Like for me, if I have $5 and I I would cherish that for a month, I would stretch it out for a month. And and like maybe spend a little here, spend a little there. And then have a friend that kind of helps me. So yeah, we think creatively. And and I, I think that's another thing when you use the word adversity, I'm also thinking about resilience as well. And how you're Mm. able to become more creative and i think that's part of the dna of an entrepreneur and i think great entrepreneurs they don't necessarily need a lot of money to do really well but they can do an an okay money in the beginning especially but you get very creative in doing anything um, like growing your business and such so i mean i would tell anybody who would start a business you don't have to think you have to spend a lot of money just start with a little bit and then slowly grow from there and go up there.
1: Mm. From from like your upbringing, um, you mentioned that, like, w- were your parents entrepreneurs like yourself, or like were they? Yeah, no, they were.
0: <laughs> no, no, they weren't. They weren't. no, they weren't.
1: they weren't. Wow. So they... who? Yeah, go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'll I'll i gonna. I'm, I'm listening to you.
1: <laughs> Who's the biggest? influence that you you've had in your life that's influ- like influenced you tremendously
0: regarding my entrepreneurial life is that what you're saying or, or are you talking about
1: that and in general so both okay.
0: so uh, a couple things i think one main thing for me in in my younger life would probably be this guy and this is for a lot of people too uh, by robert kiyosaki rich dad, Poor dad. oh yeah so when I read that book, I'm like, "Oh, we don't have to work for money." And you have this other uh, mental thing on this, and it's so funny because I actually met the guy who was his rich dad, by the way. The wow! So it's
1: le- it's legit. Yeah, <laughs> well, rich dad is legit.
0: Yeah, it, it is a metaphor, and it's it's actually from this this guy. Um, he's 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 a great businessman as well. But he was like, he was like, "Damn it, I was that rich dad that taught him, yeah. and now he he's that that Robert Kiyosaki is making millions of dollars." So uh, anyways, I met, I met these geniuses and I talked to them and that's how I grew, but how I met the rich dad was through Tony Robbins and how I became more of a personal growth and that that just got me connected to everybody else.
1: Wow. That's freaking awesome. So I've always wondered like if rich dad was totally like a legitimate person. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so so happy to find out finally.
0: (laughs) Yeah, most most people don't know this. It's so funny because, like, in different Facebook groups, and I was like, you know what? I this guy's the rich dad because he's he's telling everybody like he's the one that that taught Robert Kiyosaki about this whole rich dad um, mentality stuff. But now now Robert Kiyosaki is off in his own tangent. But but this guy's also as rich, but isn't as famous as Robert Kiyosaki. Mm. So yeah, um, if anybody wants to know, his name is Keith Cunningham. Very very smart guy. He's still alive. He's old, but he's still alive and, and living in Austin right now.
1: Was his name? Keith Cunningham.
0: Keith Cunningham. Yeah, he wrote a book recently. That's it's called awesome. "The Road Less Res- The Road Less Stupid." It's a great book. Kind of dry, but I think all entrepreneurs should read that book. Definitely.
1: Oh wow, that's that's awesome that you got to meet these people, and mm-hmm. like you didn't stay in the bubble that you guys kind of had. You like literally explored. Let's touch. Let, let's touch back on. Um, you growing up with siblings, how many sisters brothers did you have?
0: Yeah, so I have three. I had three sisters and a brother. So mm-hmm. one older sister, two younger sisters, and the and youngest brother. And we grew up with five kids. So imagine that with low income family. Wow. And, um, yeah, and our parents push us education education all the time. And um, yeah, I mean, and then you mentioned, I mean, you kind of brought up about to the to the audience. That um there was a there was a breaking point in my entrepreneurship um when when I found out that one of my sisters, she committed suicide.
1: Mm. And that
0: gets that just shook my whole life all of a sudden. And and then at that time I got angry at my parents. I was like, we spent this whole life trying to build this good facade for you guys. And and, and now look what happened. Your facade is kind of ruined because one of your kids just killed himself. And and mm. I and I and I told them, I'm like, it's 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 kind of epped up on my end but i was kind of angry at that time i was like it's your fault you guys push us so much and and it's so funny because in her suicide letter she keeps saying uh, she keeps apologizing she keeps saying i'm sorry mom like she kept apologizing to my mom and then a couple of times in the letter she said she just wants to be loved
1: mm. it was very
0: intense it was, it was a very intense suicide letter because we didn't get to see it till like a couple of weeks after her death because i think the police was like kind of like um uh, what do you call it? investigating about it and stuff, and, uh, but yeah, after reading it, it, was so intense for, for us, and in, in my mind, it confirmed that, I'm like, well, in my interpretation, I was like, it's your fault, she's apologizing to you, because we never make you happy, and the mm-hmm. thing is, I, I'm telling everybody who become parents, like, you just gotta celebrate to joys and be there for your parents. Um, let me tell you something a little bit more deeper, <laughs> about a month after her death, um, my mom went up to us. She says, "If you guys have anything to say, tell us." And I go, "Oh yeah, I have, I have tons of things to say." So then I, I was, I was from my parents. I was saying all these things I didn't like, and then she just turned around 180, and she was like, "You're just bullshitting." And I'm like, "Look, see, it's you're still doing this. You're you didn't learn from this crazy incident." So then from there, I just got really, I guess I got in a, in a way it is called rebellious, but in a way I think I became more, more um, like like more affirm in my stance and my belief. And I just did what I wanted to do and want to have a more freedom life. Cause I felt like my parents, they live in a cage in, in a mental cage all the time. They always been in prison and I just want to be free. So I don't want to suffer like what they did. So I want to change that mentality.
1: Mm. Wow. That, you know, mm. it's kind of like, it's weird that you brought that up, but I think not a lot of people talk about this. It's when, you know, Asian families do literally everything they can to maintain that facade that everything is perfect. You know, like you're perfect, their daughter's perfect, like everything is like in top shape. But then when, for example, there are unfortunate events like suicide, it's kind of like it's it's weird that you you mentioned you mentioned the facade first. Was was it like that? Like did they have more concern about the facade than, you know, the loss of their daughter. Because for some families, it's like that, believe it or not. It's like, right, right. they'd rather kill you than, you know, you putting them to shame. It's fucking crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's a good perspective. Yeah, no, they they were very, very, um, first and foremost, they were very devastated about the news and they were very angry at her too. Like, why did she do this? And, and why, dumb, how dumb she is. But I, I think that was like the first and the utmost thing, and 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 to me, my interpretation is you guys forced us to become so um, being this mold that you guys want us to be. That, that that we we it's so hard for us to always maintain that perfection that you said, mm. and that's why that's why I brought along with the word facade. Mm. That's like I said, I was angry, and that's my per, my perception that moment do do my siblings think it the same way probably not but that was my interpretation and and i just but now but right after that they didn't really care they're like oh you guys do whatever you guys want it, so that's sort of a a light uh, a good thing out of this whole incident but it, it it really devastated me put me back a lot of years yeah. and and it aged me too and then i gained like 10 20 pounds it just it was a, a very crazy time for me that time
1: yeah it's understandable you know you lose someone who's really important to you and i guess it's it's losing Like, it's sad that it had to take losing a sister losing a daughter for them to kind of like lose and loosen up in their ways a little bit and you know not because yeah. she was hard
0: yeah definitely i mean um i and unfortunately a year and a half later my mom she she passed away of a, of a mm. stroke so mm. so it was just my dad throughout the whole time but right before her death my mom was always telling my sisters they were she was most concerned about me because i was doing the entrepreneurship everybody else was going to school and, and trying to get like a corporate job or, or mm. stable job And, and, and I wasn't following that path. I was doing my business, my bartenders, I was in my room talking stuff out. I have all the crazy stuff in my garage. And then I was trying to grow up. They're like, why you work so hard? And I'm like, that's how entrepreneurs do, especially in the beginning. It it is a lot of hard work, Mm. Uh, but I'm I'm not going to say it's still not hard, but it's, 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 if you see me, what, plus 10 years ago compared to now, I'm totally a different, the business run is ran a lot better in a different way up to the next level.
1: Wow, that's awesome. And I love that you started from literally the bottom. Start from the yeah. bottom, now you're here.
0: That was my saying. I was like, start from the bottom. I was saying that to my friends. It's so funny. They're just like laughing. They're just like, oh, he's just being goofy or silly. But yeah, that that was exactly the thing that I've told them. Definitely. That's
1: awesome. What are you, like, what pushes you now? Because before, I th- like. All right, so I want you to walk me through what, what was pushing mm-hmm. you before and what's pushing you now?
0: Oh man, good question. This is so loaded right here. <laughs> growing up, again, growing up, we lived in San Jose, so it's it's a Silicon Valley. Back then, San Jose homes, I'm talking about in the 90s, this homes were about 300,000 roughly. And and around 2000, it was like 500. And at that time, my mom was like, oh my God, homes are half a million dollars. Oh, OMG, oh my God. And and they were always so scared in, in buying a home. And then right now in 2022, homes are at least a million dollars right now in San Jose. And we're talking about homes that are like old, not even that of a good quality, good looking home and it's plus a million dollars right now. So then, so coming from that, growing up with that, I'm like, you know what? I'm not gonna be live live in a world of fear. I'm gonna live and be fearless. So I'm not gonna be scared. So whether I'm able to afford living in the Bay Area or not, I'm, I'm still going to jump into real estate. And that's how I'm, I'm, I am I'm have a fire lit in me that I also want to invest in real estate. I believe there are other investment vehicles that's great, which I've, are, like, I'm already doing, like stock, mutual funds, ETFs. I'm already doing all that stuff. But I want to have a more of a tangible thing is to have real estate as well and make that as my residual income. So that's, that's, that's my outlook right now. So I have other businesses, but I want money, again, money to work for me. So I want to create this whole real estate umpire that I wanted to do. And I bet your dad can probably chime in and give you some expertise in this too.
1: Yeah, my dad is definitely all about real estate. Um, it's so funny because I would say, I, I used to say like, I went to real estate and then I would like present a really luxurious, like overly ridiculously priced condominium to my dad. And my dad would be like, like, stop bullshitting me. (laughs) You don't really, (laughs) you don't want this for an investment, you want this for the status. And I'm like, Yep, you pretty much got me there. But it's it's very interesting because I like aside from you, I also Mm talked to like one of my friends and then another one, another girl who's gonna come on the podcast as well. And she was like literally into real estate too so what they do I don't know if you have like a similar strategy and this literally like like when I when I when I heard about this like the second time I'm like I told my boyfriend we're gonna do that I want <laughs> I want money to just like come no matter what even though we're not working even though we're not chasing and real estate is amazing because first you get to um, use your property as leverage and of course there's rental income there so it's like fucking awesome so like they they were talking about how the bank could literally give you free money you know in real estate and all you have to do is like raise cash upfront buy mm-hmm. the property and then use that property as collateral. And you'd like be given 80% of how much that property is worth. And when it appreciates the next year or two or five, you can go through a refinancing so that the bank can give you a higher value, which is even more free money. And like that literally like inspired me. And I told my boyfriend, like I wanted to get into real estate as well because yeah, it's tangible, but it's also like, literally true passive income
0: yeah it, it's good but you, i i would kind of put my brakes on there because you know if everybody thought this way then it's gonna be all oh, well you just also gotta just also see the neighborhood and also see mm. the, the, the renters as well so you, it's 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 a workup but it's it's doable i have a lot of friends in that and and like i said you're talking about this the sexy side of real estate investing and, and rentals but there's the other side where you have to be very careful. Like, oh, what are the numbers? Uh, what are the property taxes? Ooh. Is this area good? Will this area do well in five, 10 years? Um, oh. For instance, San Jose, it's, it's, it's going up because Google going to move in here. So definitely it's, it's going to do well. But like other properties that I see that's more affordable to millennials and Gen Zers right now is probably not the Bay Area, but maybe somewhere in, like in for instance, in the United States, like in Idaho or in New Mexico, a little bit more affordable places. So that's, um, but you also got to watch out for neighborhood. And and it goes for anywhere in the world as well. Philippines, or I have family in Vietnam, and I'm like, oh, which area did you you guys invest in? So it's, uh, but it's great. I think it's something tangible and something great. And you can even pass on that legacy to your kids. And that's a very, very powerful thing.
1: Wow. I didn't even know that I was just looking at the sexy side, but you definitely like, you, made me think for a bit there so what are the things that you kind of like need to look out for when you're looking at a property like for example for you what are the things that you've learned you needed to like watch out for
0: yeah right so i think the number one thing for me is neighborhoods and and where i'm at neighborhoods are ranked by letters so a b c d just like grades a b c d e f c so Obviously, you you buy a neighborhood that's an A neighborhood, that's a really good neighborhood. But is that a good long term rental property? Probably not a good property. You usually people would want investors. They would they tend to get C or B grade neighborhoods because that there's a potential that it can go up, and mm-hmm. and and it's more more of a easier buy in to to grow your business from there. So that's that's one key aspect right there.
1: Oh wow! All right yeah i'm definitely gonna take note of that that's a really good consideration yeah i haven't thought of that
0: <laughs> yeah here's here's another thing i learned from this really guy that he's like so um he's like he's like the hot shot in in the in our real estate firm he said that buy real estate where there are airports because it's, it's easy mm. so people who travel right so it's easy for people to travel so it's usually business people so usually well-to-do people so you want to mm. buy properties that's near near an, airport so that's another powerful thing right there
1: that's awesome you, you right now at this stage in your career where mm-hmm. do you see yourself like in the next five to ten years is a family and somewhere in the picture within that timeline
0: definitely i'm, I'm on i'm on a hyperdrive right now really <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah definitely hopefully family in the future but the thing is This is my thing if i want to do family then would i want to do what i want my own home here first so this is my dilemma right now and i just let people know and it's pretty cool if people can comment or say something about Mm -hmm. this but i had a dilemma and i talked to real estate investors and i talked to real estate agents and i talked to friends family and let me get your input in as well so whether this is whether i should get a primary home first in san jose which is extremely expensive and then do real estate investing or do real estate investing first and 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 get a primary home this is with the thought of maybe having a family soon so that's mm. that's that's another factor in there so let me get your your answer in on this
1: hmm i think this is like a different perspective cuz i'm a girl and um, I say that not because um, not because of any like sexist um, thoughts, but because it's really different, you know. Like guys, you guys think more about like really providing, like giving stability, right, for women, and that's awesome. So if it were like if it for me, what I would do is I would do real estate investing first, um, hold off on the gratification, delay that and live off of interest and then use kind of like the equity and the um, profit that I make off of real estate investing to build a house of, you know, my own that I, that I can call like, this is for my family. I think that's what my dad did. So we mm-hmm. like, I remember when I was 17, I lived with them for a year, not the best, obviously, cause there's no TLC for my mom, <laughs> but Yeah, that's exactly what he did. He um, invested first. He chose like properties that weren't really like the cutest or the most beautiful, but they had like good tenants. So he um, got those properties. And later on in his mid forties, he just bought a home, um, their second home now that's not like um, used for business. Cause it's so funny before, cause like, we all, I think, he almost had a house that's like literally close to the slums, and I'm like, why, why? And he he explained it to me. He's like, you know, it's close to a school, it's close to a hospital, it's close to literally everything. And I'm like, oh wow, that's smart. But it's like, as it as his daughter, you know, just so you can have like perspective too. As his daughter, it wasn't really like the most prestigious thing. Cause if I if I'd like um bring people over, people would like drop me off. They'd always be like, Is this his quarters area? And <laughs> it would always be like almost embarrassing. <laughs> but now it's like I see what my dad has done in terms of like how he's delayed his gratification and how's that paid off for him. I think it's really Yeah, at first like comfort has definitely been sacrificed. I'm not sure you have to live in the slums in the US. Probably not. Um, but being able to kind of like have that safety net, knowing that you have like rental income coming in, I think that's helpful too. But definitely, it's like it came with a cost.
0: Yeah. No, you're 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 so dead on. I, I feel like you're wise beyond your years because yeah, guys, we have this mentality where we want to provide and private safety net. So, so let me kind of ask you kind of a personal question. How long have you been with, with your guy for?
1: Uh, my boyfriend? Yes. yes. Uh, we've been together uh, officially for two months. And okay. Okay. yeah, two months. But this is like the healthiest relationship I've been in. And that's so funny because he he's so sure which I'm like really impressed by is he's so sure that he wants to like marry me and all that but I I'm aware that that's not very typical
0: typical of him or typical of of of
1: men I think yeah no that's
0: that's interesting and and I kind of like this guy because if he has that thinking then he's he's going to turn a very very good uh loving man um you're right, because guys, when, when we're ready to get married, we want to get, get our ducks all lined up in a row.
1: Yeah. And
0: most girls, they don't they don't give a damn about that. <laughs> that's what I realized. Um, but yeah, that that's that's how guys they have to do. Give get the ducks fly in a row and then yeah. provide provide them a space and then get married.
1: I think for entrepreneurs this is what I've observed with my like dad and my stepmom you definitely need somebody who understands that you're not immediately going to get like the fancy house you know that you still would need to like prioritize the business cuz I think if you're like looking to get married it's really hard to like justify your decisions to someone who kind of like has an employee mindset. Cause it's, mm-hmm. it, and I, and I saw this with, you know, my, it's, it's funny cause my boyfriend now, like he used to be married. Right. And I, what? Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. That's new. Okay. All right. That, that explains it. Okay.
1: Yeah. So he used to be married and he's processing his um, annulment. We don't have divorce here in the Philippines. So It would always be because, you know, she like the ex-wife wasn't an entrepreneur. So it was always like, why don't we have savings? Why is the business always like, why is the business always a priority? Why is the money not in my bank account? Why is it going to be used for Facebook ads? You know, there's always Mm -hmm. that why, 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 why? You always need to justify when like as an entrepreneur, you're supposed to just be cruising and focus on the growth of your business and not have to, you know, feel like you're battling it out with your partner. So I guess um for for you too and you know guys who are listening or entrepreneurs, you got to be really um if you're if you're not already choosing someone who's, who's an entrepreneur, you need to make sure that the person you're with understands what your goal is, what the plan is and what the sacrifices are going to be because otherwise that's just going to result to like fights and you know um people being disappointed because their expectations weren't met
0: yeah you're you're right angela i mean this is oh my god so i listened to your other podcasts and it's it's incredible so i think people are missing out or people who are just listening in they're missing out because you give a lot of wisdom and a lot of things i agree with you so if you guys listen to our, your other podcast it's so dead on so for this one i agree again this is so dead on because um men we, we I, I think your relationship especially entrepreneurial relationship you got to have the same value mm. and and i guess coming into it you can't because there's some people their five love languages one is they got to spend a lot of time together you got you got to work your around time with that because entrepreneurs sometimes they work 20 hours some they work yeah work a lot of hours in one day i'm talking about yeah maybe during a week maybe 100 hours 200 hours and that that's part of their 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 life but it probably won't be a forever life it's just at that moment in time we have to sacrifice that time for it to become an easier life
1: yeah totally there's a lot of sacrifices (laughs) and it's not like it's definitely gonna be tumultuous so I, i know one of my friends like his girlfriend used to be like an employee. So she had like a really employee, like her mindset was that of an employee. And uh-huh. she just did not understand, you know, why money wasn't staying in their savings. That it was always going to the business. So uh-huh. they definitely worked that or uh, worked around that. He, it's so funny because he would bring her to like Peng Jun's events just so she would understand why. Uh-huh. And now, like after, you know, seven years of being together, they like, they finally worked it out. So it's not, I'm not saying that, you know, if your partner has like a mindset employee, because, you know, you could be married to somebody who's like freaking amazing, right? She just has a mindset employee and she needs to work through that. I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it's definitely something that you need to work through, um, work with the other person.
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. And I'm, I'm not saying it's easy. It's actually pretty hard. At the mm. same time, and I, I can totally see that. Um, and and the other thing you said is is um and and it, you're saying especially in game business, people they take money and then you reinvest in that business. Mm. But I, I gotta tell people to kind of be careful, putting on the brakes on that. And I just mm. want to tell people that when you have a business, you're running uh, two businesses. And and what I mean by that is obviously you're running your own business, which is the main business, and that's why I kind of want to get in real estate is because you want to have the second business is your investment. Yeah. So 401k, stocks, bonds, whatever, how you feel you want to be more of a type of investor, whether a safe investor or more of a risky investor, um, you should you should have that as your side. It doesn't have to be your main thing you think about, but I tell our, every business person, just put away, I don't know, maybe a hundred dollars a month to do yeah. a, a investment stuff. And, and you'll see it grow. So I think mm. that's, that's highly important, even though you're reinvesting, just kind of put aside of that yeah. a little bit.
1: Yeah, totally. Because then you'd have money that like works for you instead of. Works for you. Yeah. yeah, totally. So what what is your perspective <laughs> on your question? Like, what do you think the game plan for you is?
0: Wait, you mean, you mean uh, going back to the five to, five to 10 year plan? Is that what you're saying? Yeah.
1: Is it going to be like, get your own house first and then re- invest in real estate or invest in real estate and then get your own house? Obviously you know nothing, what? nothing is set in stone.
0: Yeah. You know what, right now it, it it's, it's kind of up in the air and, and, and I think you've, Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. What just happened there?
0: I don't know. I think there's a lag. Hello?
1: Hey, I'm here.
0: Okay. I think there's a little lag.
1: The electricity went out for a bit. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're good now. Yeah, you were saying...
0: I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> you no,
1: know, we were talking about your perspective on your question, basically. So, what what oh, is the, the game plan for you? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, I it's it's up in the air right now, and and I like your, your answer. Whether you know you should do not going with the instant gratification first, but like mm. like focus on doing the investing. Um, I kind of want to go kind of halfway, <laughs> some sort. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm still. The answer is is not coming up to me yet. So I'm glad mm. I asked you that because you're like the additional person that that I can like consider when I'm th- making my my decision on this. And I'm trying to make my decision by 2022 whether I should invest in my own property, like primary home that I'm living in, or investing. So you wow. I hear from me. I'll 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 let you know where where I'm going to do. Oh yeah,
1: totally. I'd love to hear it. I think it yeah. depends on what your priorities are too cuz for me, my um I'm I'm not looking to get married anytime soon. <laughs> You'll probably not within the next 15 years. But um yeah, I definitely want to travel mm-hmm. more, so it doesn't make sense for me to like you know get a home whereas for you you might be in that stage of your life where you're looking to settle down and have kids and all that good stuff right there that's kind of also kind yeah. of scary
0: no thank you thank you for saying this because i think i said in the beginning i said that i, I want to live a life of freedom yeah. and you're right i mean if i get primary first then obviously you have the less less of a freedom of yeah i'm gonna go at so that's a very very good point yeah, totally. We'll see. We'll see where, where where I'm gonna go.
1: Awesome. All right. So last question for you, Dave. Dave okay. breaks the mold by
0: rebelling. No. Uh-huh. <laughs> by, by, by by just by just doing what you what what you what you feel in inside. And, mm-hmm. and stand up for yourself. I think that's that's how I, sh- I should break the mold.
1: I love it. All right guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Bussy Power. Dave could you before I let you go could you tell everyone where they can find you if they want um, want to get you for their events? where can they where can they go?
0: Yeah, so you guys can find me on Bay AreaBartenders.com. I also teach to mixology, virtual mixology. So you guys can go to BAB, B-A-B, mixology.com. You guys can get some classes and you get from me. So I teach classes online, I teach class in person and I've taught people from all, all over the world. I'm talking about people who are Michelin star chefs to people who are, just guess, lawyers, yeah. And, and, and after class, after they graduate, they, they still hang out with me and I still go out and drink out with them. So it's a very fun thing.
1: Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, Dave. Um, I'm definitely going to um, touch back with you, see what your game plan is for the next five or 10 years. Thank you, Angela. Awesome. I'll see you, Dave. Bye. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the rock podcast. Back to the arena, the interviews. It's about a 30 minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock band like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena The Interview." Interviews. Electric hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip Back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe
0: Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool.
1: 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys. Electric ass. Electric acid.